This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Harrison Painter. Welcome to another in our interview series. Uh, we have a special guest. We have a really special guest. Yeah, in the office today, because we're in Indianapolis, I guess it makes sense. But we have Chris Spangle. Hello, thank you for having me. And Chris is the web director of the Bob and Tom Show, mm-hmm. so nationally renowned Bob and Tom Show. Absolutely. My dream job since I was eight. Yeah, and, and Chris is, for people that don't know the other side of Chris... You have many sides, I think. <laughs> Very, I'm like an onion. <laughs> Peel me. <laughs> Chris is the founder of We Are Libertarians. That's right. Yeah. And it's a it's the leading podcast of the libertarian movement. Is I call it the greatest podcast of all time, except for this one. I, yeah, well, I, I like that. that. I yeah. like that exception. That's a good guess <laughs> yeah. right there. But yeah, we're one of the top libertarian podcasts, um, which, you know, for what that's worth. Um, and I started that five years ago, and I've worked at Bob and Tom for three years now. I worked as the, uh, I worked in marketing, advertising. I worked as the executive director of the Libertarian Party for a while. I worked in radio for a while. So I uh, worked at the Motor Speedway doing a lot of different things. So a lot, it's all led me to this podcast, this moment here. <laughs> to, to it's right, brought me to right here. Right here. Well, let's let's talk about that because I think for our listening audience, um, I, I've always told people that I appreciate traditional media. There seems to be this stupid uh, fake news. No, no, not that. Stop. Uh, there seems to be this looking down their noses at traditional media sources right. when you get into digital, and so people people look down at radio or they look down at newspapers or they look down at TV, despite the fact that they're still monstrously impact, Absolutely. you know, they impact our lives every single day. And, and I, I love having you on the show. We actually were having a conversation in the office and I said, we have to do this in a podcast, uh, because you eloquently, and hopefully you do it again. You can do it twice, right? Absolutely. That's what she said. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Insert Bob and Tom <laughs> laugh here. <laughs> Libsyn set to explicit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, I mean, you really, uh, put it eloquently talking about content and talking about audio and the importance of it. And I think, I don't care whether you're radio, TV, you know, digital, whatever, whatever the hell you are, if you're a marketer, you really need to understand the power of sound. Yeah. Would that be? Absolutely. I mean, Bob and Tom has a massive reach and in at any given moment all of Lucas Oil Stadium is listening to Bob and Tom still across the nation you know over 100 affiliates so i'm in a unique position where i'm working for a traditional broadcast outlet a major media outlet and i'm the digital guy for that particular outlet so my job is to take what happens in the traditional radio show and adapt it to digital form and try and grow a digital audience and what I wanted to work in radio from when I realized I wanted to work in radio, I was eight years old and I was sitting on the front lawn listening to War of the Worlds when I was a kid. And uh, it was at that point, 75 years. It was the 75th anniversary, I think it was maybe. And it terrified me. And I just remember having the thought, like if something like just having earbuds in scares me and terrifies me 75 years later, the reach of audio is is really powerful, okay? And maybe it wasn't that 
explicit in an eight-year-old's head. But I was always a fan of Bob and Tom. I was always a fan of talk radio. I was always, and I started listening to podcasts as soon as they came out. I've loved podcasting from the very second it hit iTunes. Um, And I think that that's where the audience development really happened. So in, we, we at Bob and Tom have discovery by people just flipping on the radio and hearing it that way. But now we've added video. Video um, in a lot of the platforms that I've seen that I've worked with, not just Bob and Tom, video is kind of the introduction to various digital brands. So you, you have a brand like We Are Libertarians, for instance, or um, for instance, Pat McAfee is doing a great job with this with his Barstool Indie, where he is doing a podcast. He's doing a one to two hour podcast three times a week. We're rolling video on that for him. He takes that footage and then he splices that into a one minute video promo for the podcast and then blasts it out to his social media feeds, which his reach is very big. And so you have that visual connection with video, you have a lot of sensory connection. but So that's a great platform to get people in initially. But to keep them, to get them to stay there, it's the relationship building that goes on between the ears. It's when you have the earbuds in and you're listening to people like Tom, Chick, Christy, Josh Arnold talk, or you know, on my podcast where it's a cast of 20 different characters that, you know, not at once, but like a rotating cast where three or four of us get together every Thursday and we enjoy spending time around the kitchen table, drinking beer, having fun, talking politics, and you get to eavesdrop and you build relationships with us. But you were brought in through SEO on the website or a video that we've posted or a social media post or um, appearing on other podcasts like this, trying to get you to come in and listen. But you stay because we're building a relationship with you, okay? And that's that's a very, um, can I say douchey on this podcast? Yeah, you can say douchey. Okay. Yeah. We can say douchey? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a noun. <clears throat> building relationships is such a, a an overused digital marketing term because it, it's used in such an inauthentic way where, you know, as a brand, Tide really wants to build yeah. a relationship engage. with you, engage you, yeah. where they're never really going to a major ad agency is never really going to take the risk to really build an authentic relationship with you where, you know, they're going to let the CEO get on a podcast and talk about his marital troubles or his political beliefs or right. his religious thoughts. Um, where you can, you can do that in artful ways on podcasting. And you can, you can get away with more authenticity on a podcast than you can in a two-minute video. You can in a written article that people don't read anymore. You know, there's... It, and I think it's because it's passive listening, and so you're consuming information in that passive way, and it's entering your subconscious, and you're not really thinking about it as much. But you know, it, it, it's it's the oldest art form. Yeah, our brains are geared for storytelling. Our brains are geared to learn information through the art of story and conversation, and so this podcasting is the a continuation much like stand-up comedy a continuation of the oldest form of transmitting information and so that's why i think podcasting like radio like stand-up comedy is always going to be around it's going to grow as a medium uh and will 
you know, everybody talks about the demise of radio, and that's fine. But it, it, it's, it's not it's, the demise it, of audio. <laughs> it's never good. Radio is yeah. never going to die. You're always right. going to have radio. You're always going to have audio. Audio is um, is underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, I see video get a lot of love. I see SEO and blogging and f- social media has always for the past for the past ten years been the darling. But I think it's audio's time because audio is the purest form of communicating information. I, I like that, and I like talking about that evolution because I feel like text was the first time you know just with blogging and you know Blogger and WordPress popping up that people got to see a personality behind behind someone's, you know, brand or, you know, they got to see some thought into it and everything else. And because of bandwidth and because of technology, podcasting was still miles away. Mm-hmm. But podcasting adds that additional, the influx of the voice and the, you know, y- you feel intimate. It's like you're yeah. in the room with someone. I can read you or I can follow you on Twitter, but until I can hear you and I have a conversation, yeah, you get an intimate peek into this particular moment in space that will travel into your ears and you get to know Doug Carr better. Yeah. And it, and I like what you were saying there because even compared to video that uh, it almost seems like audio adds a little bit more to the imagination that mm-hmm. someone can listen but they're thinking about, you know, they're they're giving it a little bit deeper thought where video is maybe I don't want to say it but maybe a little dumber. It's a little dumbed down. You're you're Spoon-fed. Yeah, it's spoon-fed. You're seeing the all of your senses are taken care of whereas with podcasting, there's something left there. Well, you never feel lonely when you're listening to a podcast, right? I always thought when you... Some of them I do. Maybe, I maybe. I've heard some pretty bad podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I felt lonely because I turned them off and sat in the car in silence. Yeah. Well, my wife always makes fun of me, right? In the car, I always listen to talk radio. I enjoy talk radio, right. especially when I'm commuting back and forth or, or on a trip or whatever, right? And it kind of fills that void of loneliness in the mm-hmm. car, Yeah, uh, those type of things. And I think radio is fine until... Hyperloop or they fix the traffic issues of LA or whatever through public transportation, right? We're always going to want that radio in the car. Uh, I just think it's really, and Bob and Tom was proof that, that you could get a younger audience because, and we didn't just want music as young folks because I grew up on Bob and Tom sure. in high school uh, and we listened every single morning to that. So it was more than just music. It was the jokes and the storytelling. And yeah, I think we we crave that our entire life. What, what Tom and, and everybody does so brilliantly is give people a break. I mean, there, there's just a, you know, people want to laugh and people want to have a good time and people want to hear interesting people talk about subjects. And, uh, you know, that that appeals to a, a broad audience all across the nation um, and you know, that's, that's a very broad, it's broadcasting. What podcasting offers is a very a niche look. So you're listening to this podcast because you're interested in digital marketing. I listen to this podcast because of that. Um, if you listen to my podcast, you listen because you're interested in libertarian politics. Um, now we have made a choice over the last year or so to focus more on making you laugh and talk about current events than talk about politics and libertarian politics specifically to try and get a broader audience and it has worked for us but we will still always be the libertarian podcast which is great because we want to represent libertarians we want people to be introduced to the idea um and we're not trying to go after a a massive audience of millions would i love that absolutely but am i realistic in the fact that 
you know, most podcasts don't have that broad appeal except for a Joe Rogan or a Mark Marin who are talking to cultural icons who can bring in that big audience. Um, but most podcasting will still always remain a very niche thing, which is what makes it special. It's what makes it different, that narrow casting as opposed to the broadcasting. So uh, I've, I've been fortunate to have a seat where I've been able to exercise both muscles, uh, where I've been able to, to watch how the broadcasting process works while at night working on my narrow casting skills. I'm blown away. Blown away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I and let's add the third dimension because I you've talked you know kind of that instantaneous you know single episode, but what you do you know both again both sides of the coin you know both in in podcasting and with broadcasting is we are libertarians touch on the fact that you're bringing characters into the fold. Not just one time, but you're 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 basically pulling people into your storylines yeah. and your characters and developing them over time, and yeah. and I think that's a huge part of your growth, right? Absolutely, it's it's the key part of the growth because I've seen you know I've I've watched at work, um, you know, having been a Bob and Tom fan long before I ever started working there, you know, everybody has a character. And comedy, the basis of comedy is defining a character and having those characters play off of each other in situations. Um, you know, uh, and I'm a big pro wrestling fan, okay? I love... I, I used to be. I, I love the argument. I grew up being a wrestling fan. I'm not as much anymore, but the 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 storylines, again, you have these defined characters like The Rock, like Stone Cold Steve yep. Austin, and then they have conflict. Um, and so... You know, my character on We Are Libertarians is a little bit, uh, they called me Dear Leader, and it was actually developed on the, the fake Steve Jobs blog where people called him Dear Leader. Uh, that's where my co-host Greg got it from, and he memes my face onto Kim Jong-un and everything. And the, the character has developed into, like, the irony of a libertarian podcast having a crazed dictator who is, is, is making you have mandatory freedom. Um, so, uh, and, you know... Uh, I have, I have a, we just take the traits of people's personalities. So we're having someone on tomorrow night. She's 21. She's a very smart uh, woman. And she's from Metamora, Indiana, which is rural, rural, rural Indiana. I've never even heard she of She wears a lot of, I think, don't they have the boats along the, the old canal or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. It's a historical town. See, I, I, I know, know my stuff. It's outside man. of Cincinnati. And uh, she wears a lot of camo. She's very redneck. She's not really redneck. Like, that's the thing. Like, if she were, like, if she were that person, then you wouldn't want to make fun of that person with their face. But like right. taking that stereotype of you're Larry the Cable Guy, and we're now going to make fun of you wearing camo and all these things. Like so, it opens up jokes, and you know, like she likes Bush Light. She mentioned Bush Light, and so now there's memes about the fact that she won't drink that fancy beer Miller Light. You know, it's stuff like that, and so. So we've taken memes and inside jokes and created community around that in in both private Facebook groups, our personal chat where you know a lot of the storylines kind of develop as we have just regular conversations because the 20 of us who are involved in this here locally are friends. This is our social circle. And we get together every Thursday night and have fun and hang out with our friends and drink beer and talk and make fun of each other and and um bust uh you know and it's it's a great time. And so you, you develop these characters and in the first 20 minutes of every podcast, it's what I'd call comedy. 
uh, where we're talking about our. <laughs> I mean, so I like, you laugh, I like right? talking seriously. What I what I would classify as comedy. What well, is what we do. <laughs> some people have written in and said I'm not funny, uh, and I totally understand that. But when I listen to my podcast, I laugh so hard at my own jokes. It, it I sounds think I'm like, hilarious. but I watch I, like so now I follow you on Facebook uh-huh. too, and I love the fact that you cherish your haters. That absolutely, well, we're yeah. supposed to hug our haters, right? Didn't somebody no, hear this one guy was, say that? This one guy was giving me crap the other day, and he's like, "You just think you're blah 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 blah," and I said, "I don't know who you are. Yeah. Go away." <laughs> like, like, <laughs> a lot of the, a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the haters are people that I know, and they yeah. know I'm teasing, and they know because that conflict again. If if we just got on the podcast and everybody got along, then it wouldn't be as entertaining as you know Brett Bittner and I having a fight. Yeah, who's one of the characters or whatever. Um, you know, so there's it, it, it again. You go well. What does this have to do with politics? Okay, well, you tune in for the twenty minutes. And you build that relationship with each other, with the audience. You have these little hooks, you know, where you can sell T-shirts um, around the catchphrases of, you know, never Bittner. Like, Brett was irritating me one time. So, I can, you know what? I'm 100% never Bittner. We need to get rid of him. And then it spawned into its own little campaign that ended up bringing people to the podcast and selling T-shirts. Because it was it was that moment of authentic, I'm annoyed with you, that turned into a year-long joke and has has brought money to both uh brett and us and so that 20 minutes is what what people there's a certain segment of the audience that tunes in to hear that part but then the other hour hour and a half is serious political analysis because i don't invite people onto my podcast that are dummies i try to find people who are smarter than i am why we haven't been on there right harrison um are I we mean, douches? <laughs> I just like that we can say that now. <laughs> douche, douche. You douche. and I both know that in the marketing community, there's a lot of douches. Okay? <laughs> so let's just be real honest so about So that's it. my next book, Hug Your Douches. <laughs> right. So I... No. no. I, I'm you honestly... You publish that one? I'm for it. I support it. So I'm out looking for a book deal right now. Right. I have not written a word... But we have a title. Right. Oh. But see, something like that, you're not supposed to say douche on a marketing podcast. You know, why not? There's some some 20-something-year-old person listening to this podcast in a cubicle who right now is giggling yeah. over Hug Your Douches. You know, what's so wrong about so- that? Sounds like a t-shirt. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I smell money. <laughs> so Or something else. No. Part of, uh, you know, and this goes back to the Howard Stern movie, you know, where he's, they've hired him on at WNBC and private parts. And they're doing, they're looking at the research, looking for any reason to get rid of him because he's so horribly offensive to the community. And the people that, that love him listen for two hours. And the people that hate him listen for two hours and 15 minutes or whatever. Right. They go, it's because they want to see what he'll say next. So if you can, the, the, the brain, I think I've talked about storytelling. I get lost in all the things that I say because I talk so much. But, uh, you know, storytelling is how the brain consumes information. Well, niche is what turns on that learning capacity. And so if you can surprise people by having a political discussion where you're debating whether or not the CIA should exist because they have gone too far and they're spying on Americans. Sorry, I'm ranting. Um 
And then in the middle of that, there is a joke that somehow gets thrown in there. Then it breaks up that tension. It breaks that up. You're not going to hear that on Meet the Press. Meet the Press right. has dismal ratings and nobody listens. Nobody watches it. We, we, um, I became, I started down the libertarian path in 11th grade. Mr. Binge stood up in front of the class and said, you all realize that power is an illusion. I am one person standing in front of 20 adults. You're adults now. If you all wanted to overpower me and walk out of the classroom, you could. Nothing is stopping you. The only thing that's stopping you is you all have the illusion that I am in charge of you. And I went, oh, because it was a government class. And like that was the most. And unless your teacher's Chuck Norris. <laughs> right. That wasn't funny at all. That wasn't. No. Funny. It was just like You're, Chuck's birthday. We're trying to get on a show. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we do a comedy podcast. E equals MC squared. Um, you, so I was talking about uh, the illusion of power, and uh, what was I talking about before that? I, he, his comment got me all sidetracked. <laughs> he messed me up. You got twenty people that could overtake you. Chuck Norris, you. <laughs> you Chuck Norris, my Chuck brain, does. Harrison. But yeah, you you have to have these these funny things where okay, Meet the Press has the illusion of power in political talk. Rush Limbaugh has the illusion of power in political talk. And so everybody wants to emulate those brands because they are powerful. If you really want to stand out in a space, especially like podcasting, where you have complete freedom and nobody is telling you what you can or cannot do and what you can or cannot say, then stand up and walk out of the room. Give up on the illusion of power. So if I want to curse and say whatever I want to say on a podcast, because I think it's funny and it makes my friends laugh, well, there is a certain segment of people that go, I don't know if I can listen to political talk that has that kind of language. Right. Okay, well, then you never, we don't want you. People over 40 who are boring hate me. They hate our podcast. They don't want to listen to it. But really fun and interesting people... <laughs> I'm attacking the people who don't listen to us. Uh, really fun people they love us. Some of those haters are going to hug you back. <clears throat> well, they're going to have a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make a meme out of them. Um, so in podcasting, you can give up the illusion of power. Just because every digital marketing podcast does an interview show it doesn't mean you have to. You can gain an audience by saying douche. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so the space is completely wide open. The ability to craft your content to exactly what you want and what you think is fun, what you think is funny. Uh, I had a conversation with, uh, I'm I'm being interviewed on Saturday. Um, I have a, another podcast called The Chris Spangle Show where we interview a local people in the creative arts, people like yourselves, um, uh, actors, actresses. My co-host is going to interview me. She's never interviewed anybody. And she goes, I just don't know what to ask you that other people would think is interesting. And I said, it doesn't matter what the audience thinks is interesting because this is where Steve Jobs nailed it. Your job is to tell them what is interesting. Yeah. And you just be yourself and craft the content about what around what you think is interesting and somebody will be attracted to that. There will be a lot of people who will not like what you think is funny and that is okay. If you were in podcasting and you were trying to broadcast to get the majority of people to like you, you are doing it wrong because you are going to fail. You're not going to have fun. You're not going to get the your your. If your goal is to, my goal is to have fun with my friends. We, my goal is not to build an audience. 
statistically, you're going to be average. Absolutely. And statistically, the average podcast probably has two listeners. <laughs> it's it's around 20 to 40 people. There you go. And it lasts about six weeks. <clears throat> there you if, go. If six months. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas we have 6,000 unique listeners a month. We've done 200 episodes over five years, and I want to turn it into a business at some point, and I think I can because we built such a rabid fan base. And it's because we started out trying to be Meet the Press for Millennials, and along the way thought, this isn't working. And when we just decided to not do the show for everybody else and start doing it for ourselves, that's when things really took off. I, I, oh. That's the best advice I've heard in a long time, yeah, right? I, well, and and this is why we had to get the microphones out. Is that's our knowledge nugget right there that, of this podcast. Absolutely. And and because we've talked to you, you know, we I've had yeah. this discussion with you. We just met. When did we meet? Uh, about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Four, yeah. And, and this, I told Chris that, Look, when it comes to textual content and blogging, premium content, infographics, white papers, stuff like that, I'm very comfortable with where my knowledge lies. I understand how to get people to grab their attention, pull them in, you know, deeper and deeper. But when it comes to podcasting, I know that people enjoy hearing me speak and I know that, but I don't have really a strategy. Mm -hmm. And so this is why this is such an interesting conversation to me is to date, we've done 200 podcasts, I think, mm -hmm. something like that. I don't even know because I'm not one of those guys that says episode. Are you counting the blog talk radio area because I, we have to talk about I, that. I, 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 am, <laughs> I am. I am counting that, yes. <laughs> and even the half ones that flaked out that didn't yeah. ever get listened to. But, but I really, what bothers me is that everything else I have a strategy for. Mm -hmm. And with podcasting, it's often oh my gosh, you know, we've got Chris that we can talk to on the show and that's why we popped it up. And so I definitely want to be more deliberate about, and I, I love what you're saying because you're saying, hey, even be deliberate about being irreverent. Yeah. Right? Be, but be deliberate. Stick your flag in the freaking ground and go try that. Yeah. And I think that's a message that people need to hear out there that if you're thinking about doing a, you know, some wacky show or whatever about you name it you know video go do a po wacky podcast about video people you know? people watch pewdiepie because they like his yeah, personality absolutely yeah. well let me ask you this so oh that's a good wait that's a, wait he just opened a can of worms uh -oh. there i i will let me let me have a <laughs> soliloquy and then i'll i'll, I'll, I'll sorry i'm hosting your podcast i'm it's a <laughs> no, habit that's okay. habit a host he did, is he always just, a host i he totally did point a point at us i edit like, stop I, I probably host 10 podcasts a week at least and upload edit and upload 100 so you're, you're so it's just it's my life English. uh but yeah you you uh you have the ability to like for us at we are libertarians our product is the podcast everything else that we do is a strategy to get you in a funnel down to the podcast nice. Because we write articles, we post several articles a week. We have, you know, between two hundred and a thousand hits a day, um, page, you know, unique page views or whatever a day. I don't care about that. Right. I don't care about. I don't care if it's a million or one hundred. As long as people are going, we have eighty nine thousand Facebook fans. I don't care about that. I want those people to download the podcast. I'm using that audience to get people back to the thing that will build brand loyalty. Um. 
the video program that we're starting up, it's all about getting you to taste the the irreverence. Our our tagline is all of the irreverence modern politics deserves. It is Meet the Press and Mad Magazine had a baby. No, National Review and Mad Magazine had a baby, and we respond. I mean, and that's kind of our goal is you we want, and so that kind of floats throughout everything else. Now, obviously, we don't have eighty nine thousand people listening to our podcast, so there's a huge opportunity to mine that audience to get people back to the product. Right uh, now. We're a media-focused company. You know, at Bob and Tom, my job is to get people to tune into the radio show. Everything I do is to get you to tune into the radio show on the air, on your radio. You know, I want you to watch our videos. I want you to laugh and have fun, but it is to get you ingrained in to the Bob and Tom community so you will turn on your radio on, you know, on Indianapolis on Q95 or the Fox in Cincinnati. Um that that's so you have to have that central media product that's the central driver that's how we make our money that's how we we have been able to build out a new studio get uh all of our costs covered by donations through the podcast i can put up a hundred pleas for donations on our eighty nine thousand facebook fan page and i won't get one donation but if i say one thing on a podcast one time at the beginning of the podcast to six thousand people it'll It'll, I'll get 50 bucks a month. That's awesome. You know? Okay, so back to my question. You That's may pretty speak. pretty awesome though, right? <laughs> right? I may speak now. <laughs> Thanks to your leader. Yes. You're getting it. You're getting <laughs> the hang of it. Yes, yeah. So I think, I don't know if we dropped the ball with this or not, but, but we always are kind of just spur of the moment podcasters, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's in here. We, we Skype somebody. Typically, we don't really schedule a lot of these. They just happen. Mm-hmm. But I know yours is every Thursday, mm-hmm. right? So which way do you see it being a bit more powerful? People expecting something every week on Thursday or us capturing some of that magic that might not happen in a scheduled time? Uh, in in both my day and night, in my day job and my hobby on We Are Libertarians, consistency is key. People have to expect that they're go- you have to set certain expectations with your audience. Um, I have a survey on our website, and we've you know had several, a couple dozen people fill that out, and consistently people tell me in the be- or in the early before we kind of said, all right, every Friday we're going to have a new podcast. Um, we're I don't know what day to expect you, you know I don't know when you're coming out. Uh, I think that. We, we do Thursday nights because when you have an ensemble cast, you you have to just say, listen, we're doing it Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Who's available? And I recruited several different people because in the early days, tw- five years ago, I had it was me and two guys. And so we were just doing it loosey-goosey, and then you wouldn't have a podcast come out for a week or two or three. And I wanted it to be a weekly podcast because that's what people wanted. That's what they told me they wanted is a weekly podcast. Um, I think at that time, really, it was kind of like, you know, Dave Jackson of the School of Podcasting says, have your podcast once a week. You know, again, those expectations that somebody else sets. Um, But our audience now wants a weekly podcast. And there was a period where I got divorced in the last five years where I just couldn't do it. I mean, when you're going through emotional turmoil, being funny and entertaining and smart about politics is not on the docket that week. Um, And fortunately, I had co-hosts who could kind of carry that through. But people who didn't know what was going on would complain and say, where's the consistency? You're not updating the podcast. Where are you at? 
Uh, so I think you have to be... You, we set the Thursday night thing and release it on Friday because everybody kind of knows it's Thursday night. Uh, I, I, for instance, the last couple days have messaged people and said, hey, are you free? You want to come on? And I'll kind of pick and choose who I want on that week based on what I think the topic's going to be or just to keep it fresh. If you have the same people on every time, it's it's always Greg and I, but you can bring on different people and, uh, you know, we're Skyping one person in, another person's coming in tomorrow. Um, but I think you've got to have that consistency and we're actually going to expand it at a certain point. Have the long show because we do two to three hour podcasts once a week. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's rule breaking. You're not supposed to have a podcast that goes beyond the average drive of 17 minutes. Well, people love three hour podcasts. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. We started long and I've always kept them long and people told me the same thing. I, nobody listened to a podcast that long and I was like, okay, well, my stats show you're wrong. Right. So people, again, that person is telling you what they want. When you have those anecdotal conversations, don't do what they want. Right. Okay. I don't do what my audience wants. I created an audience of people who like what I like, and they become addicted to the product because they like what me and my friends like. You know. Uh, and so, if if you're trying to broadcast, if your goal with a podcast like this is to gain um, credibility in the industry and to meet and network with new people, and the whole goal is to get somebody on the line that you go, I'm interested in bringing this person on as a client. I want to establish some credibility with them, have a conversation with them, and I don't really care if it's two or 500 people listening. Because my goal is to get exactly. that person as a client. That's great. Yeah. But again, that's your goal, and other people will fall in line with that. Um, so we're we're going to go to. So we have those long podcasts, and we're going to go to a once a day at, at a certain point of 20-minute podcasts where I've got this stable of talent, and you know they just said to me about three months ago, hey, we love this. We love being a part of it. You know, We know it's your thing, which I'm so blessed to have like such great friends who go like, I know that this is your... You do the 20 hours of work so we can goof off for one, <laughs> you know, yeah. or three or whatever. Um, but... We don't get a lot of what we want to say in, can we do a show? And so when you've recruited this talent, then they, then you can go do what you love to do, and I'll just provide the back end for it. Yeah. I've got the website, I've got the pod stuff, I'll do the editing, whatever. And so then we're going to expand out to once a day. And I've seen people like Jason Stapleton come into the libertarian space or Tom Woods in the libertarian space. Your audience may not know who that is, but a libertarian audience, those are the leaders in my space. And it's because they do a daily show. And Jason came in and put a bunch of money into a beautiful studio and um, building out a really quality product. And he didn't start off as the best libertarian radio talk show host. Um, but over time, he just shipped the product, and then the product grew with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so uh, sometimes we get in podcasting, uh, we we want to spend three hours on a one-hour podcast editing out every um instead of just shipping it and saying... I did that today. Yeah. Um, no, mine was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I was saying it so, every minute. And I was going to ask you that, three hours, that so not a lot of editing. No, no editing at all. Nice. Unless somebody says something that is just too far. And then, or I didn't know that was possible. No, there is. Show. There's limits. Okay, our, <laughs> our our friend Harry is our racism insurance, and that only goes so far. Um, I can't afford certain premiums, um, but uh, we, you know, we 
we want the conver- my goal is to accurately reflect conversation okay and i want to build a stable of people who get good at this and so greg and i have very good timing and chemistry because we've done it so much we you know we're, we're through our podcast and 200 episodes we're darn near 10,000 hours um, but you find people that you click with like there was somebody who wanted to come on i met them um, and I was just like, I just don't find that person interesting. I don't, you know, I'm not going to have them on as a guest or a co-host or whatever. Just because talking about us, right? Now. No, it's not you guys. <laughs> There's no way. Come uh, on. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're 20 years old and blonde and attractive female. You're not coming on the podcast because there's no chemistry. There's no connection. So and so, so you can contact DK Newby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's you've got to pick the right people. And I, can, I can't tell you how to pick the right people that you want to co-host with. Um, because even if it's your childhood best friend, that may not be a good co-host. Yeah. It's that person that you vibe with, that conversation just flows. And uh, I want the conversation to be natural. So I leave in the ums. I leave in when I stumble. I leave in all that stuff because that's how people talk. And in the libertarian political space, it's a lot of professors with... Uh, ties talking very professorial. And I want people to hear the libertarian message in a pedestrian way. You know, uh, when people tune into Bob and Tom, they want to hear people like them. They want to hear people right. that reflect them. And that's how that, that show has become the cultural icon that it is. I mean, it's, you know, so anytime you're trying too hard, everybody can tell. You know, I learned this in therapy. <laughs> um, when I thought I was fooling everybody, but when I was trying too hard and pretending to be something, everybody could tell. Yeah. You know, and so you just got to settle down. And, Why'd you look at Doug? <laughs> it's our there's, chemistry. There's a lot right of here. looking look at, at each other I'm when in, I said I'm in therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. So yeah, I mean, therapy has improved my podcast. No, we we've joked we've joked about that because I who was it? Someone was talking to me last week, and they were like, "Name one person that," and I was like, "The president." <laughs> I was like, I was, and they were like, "Oh well, that," and I was like, "No, oh well, that." I was like, "He says whatever he wants to say yep. when he wants to say it, controls the conversation, and he has raving fans." that absolutely spread the word and got him elected. And so the, you, you might not, I'm not saying you should like him. I'm not saying anything else, but the fact is, is that he's so deplorable to so many people and so beloved by so many people. Mm-hmm. It's, he, he touches a certain crowd of people it's exactly like where they want to be. Touched. Love to hate him too. Right. So, it's well, that passion to hate him. him. Yeah, right. absolutely. I mean, and he cherishes that. I mean, that's the beautiful part of it. And for me, from a marketing and media standpoint, I just love how he wags the dog. I absolutely. think it's incredible. I, but I he's been hugely, go, he's been hugely influential in my podcasting career because, and, and in my life, um, I'm not, a, I didn't vote for him. I, yeah. I don't think he's a good person, but I think as a marketer, he's an absolute genius, and you know he he uh, he he memed his way to the presidency. Essentially. Right, you know what right. I mean. He and so I I watched him, and I just hated his guts, but I had a feeling, and so he's really the first person to prove on a very broad scale something that I had thought a long time about. Um, you know, because I work with a lot of comedians and have a lot of friends in the creative arts, and there's always that resistance. There's always that um, that imposter syndrome where you're not good enough, or and so you're trying to kind of hold yourself back, and 
sometimes you just got to let it fly and let the dust settle out on the other side and know you're going to be fine because you can get an audience for whatever you believe, think, want to do or say. And if you're living your life trying to impress other people, then you're not going to build an audience. You're going to build an audience of 100 safe people yeah. Nobody want, that nobody wants to go to a dinner party with. Uh, and so I come from, you know, I, I, I trained a lot of interns and I always ask an intern, do you want to be in TV or radio? Cause that tells me a whole lot about your personality and what your future goals are. Cause if you're a TV personality, then you want to be very polished. You want to be very presentable to a broad spectrum of people and you're not going to open up and be authentic on camera a lot. You want to be in radio, you're going to be farting into a microphone probably. You know, like you're going to be talking about your sex life and all these crazy things and get attention. And you're probably going to be great at podcasting and, and, and you're going to build a bigger audience than that other side. And Trump has shown me that you, you, you've just got to be yourself and people are going to hate you no matter what. Yeah. And running a massive social media account for work has shown me that it doesn't matter how hard you work to make a large part of the world appreciate your brand, you're never going to make everybody happy. Uh, and But the people that you do make happy are going to love you and stick with you through thick or thin. So will production value change at all when you go to the 20-minute format? Are those going to be the same raw conversations, or are those going to be a little more produced? What, what we do is storytelling through conversation at We Are Libertarians. And so every... You know, we have several different podcasts. We're a network, really. I mean, that, we have the one flagship show and then spinoffs, you know. So we have Frasier to our cheers on some of these podcasts. Um, and that daily show, again, it's about getting the highest quality possible. Uh, and, you know, I've got friends who are, I've got several castmates who moved out to Denver in the last year. They're going to start a podcast, you know, because Denver is ground zero on people. People want to hear what is actually happening in Denver. They're curious about it. And so, you know, I've shipped them equipment because I want to make sure that that sounds good. The cool thing is you don't know when it's going to be on and you don't really care. <laughs> Boy, you're telling me. Have you ever tried to manage a stable of potheads? <laughs> so On mountain time, right? Uh, right. <laughs> the podcast is on Tuesday. What, what, day? It was, huh? it was what two, day is it, man? This is a true story. It was 2 p.m. today, and I sent a note to everybody, and one of the, these guys wrote back to me, man, you get started early. Early. I'm like, what? I'm like, I've been up since six a.m., buddy. <laughs> I thought we were bad. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I well, I, I love this, and we're gonna have Jan, I think, some more to talk about this in depth. Um, uh, where can people find you on We Are Libertarians? We Are Libertarians.com. Feel free. My Facebook is on, and Facebook and Twitter on the front page there. ChrisSpangle.com. Feel free to add me on anything, follow me on anything, uh, send me a note if you want. I'm happy to. I appreciate your Facebook. I haven't, thank you. I haven't dove in yet because I don't know your following and I don't know how bad I'm going to get attacked, but, um, but I already like it and I'm like, uh, but a lot of good quality content. I see you in my yeah, feed yeah. all the time. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, I do this for a living. I annoy people for a living. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you engage, that's actual engagement, right? Yeah. You know, it's not the fake, you know, wanting them to like me. You literally are 
you know, people, engaging with Yeah, them. like a, a lot of the people who comment, it seems contentious, but I'm yeah. friends with those people. Right. You know what I mean? And like if I'm being mean to somebody on my Facebook, they know I'm kidding. Yes. And I'm never going to be intentionally mean to that person. You know what I mean? So so it, it is, it's just, uh, and sometimes it's how savage can you get? And yes. there is a little bit on, on line where if somebody comes onto my Facebook page on my wall and lights me up, my fan base expects me to go back. And I'm really, I'm a professional communicator. Sounds like a challenge. Right. <laughs> I'm, it's coming. I, I, no, I, I let things go for a while. And I'll send, you know, privates, uh, you know, hey, just so you know. But then when it's go time, Doug, yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional communicator, okay? And I have no limits. I will, I will look into the monster and see how... Like that monster. You, I you know what I like about that is, and I we were going to cut it, but I can't cut it at this point. But what I love about that is, I got to tell you that for the entire election, so what, a year? For a year, I literally had people surrounding me saying, stop talking on politics. Stop talking about politics. Stop talking about politics. Stop it. You know, and, and my, my personal was, I really felt like I needed to talk about politics because that's how you actually are a nice human being is when you can appreciate that somebody has else has an alternative viewpoint right. and you can listen to them with respect, but they eventually got to me and I stopped talking about politics yeah. and it was just because it was, I loved it. I went into it. Like I, I, I went into it like Xbox. Like as soon as someone said something, I was like, Oh, game on, you know, and I still do from time to time today. It was about uh military spending. You know, I went off on, 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 it was Jeremy Derringer. So I didn't go off on Jeremy. He's a nice guy, but, but I, you know, I, I bit back a little bit on, on him on that. And, and, uh, and it, it kept going and I'm respectful and everything, but I still drop my bombs, you know, wherever I can. And, and the thing is, is it's amazing how many people are just offended that I would actually have an opinion, no, what, you know, what, about what, something. And, and, yeah. and, and how dare you, and it, and it, it grows weary. Like you, I yeah. think the thing that I like about you is that, look, that's your life. Yeah. That's where you're at with me in in the on the marketing side and the B2B and businesses. It's very much I there are people that we used to work for that do not call me anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's only because I voiced my opinion online. I'm envious. <laughs> Cuz I'm pretty vanilla online, yeah. I think, right? I mean, I'm pretty uh no, you, you. Well, you're the guy that uses Rockstar a lot, right? That's what I heard about. <laughs> no. <laughs> I never said that. Don't look at me. Wow, man. You're the guy I that thought says, we had chemistry Awesome here. a lot. No, what, I've, been, I've been in politics since 2002, okay? And when you've been in politics, I'm 33, so that's a long time. Uh, and when you're in politics, it's a very aggressive business. Yeah. And uh, what people are really saying to you is, I, your, my feelings are your responsibility right. and I want you to be like me and I'm uncomfortable that you're not like me. So I need you to shut up. Yeah. And so when somebody comes to me and says that I am responsible for making them feel a certain way, I don't buy that. Right. I don't believe that. My job is to, to, uh, I am the, God made me sandpaper to irritate the world. Okay. Uh, and it's because I want people to think, I want people to push the boundaries like the the idea that certain curse words are bad is ludicrous to me right who says that 
this word, uh, I won't say them here, but who says these words are bad? Right. Why are they bad? Right. Why is it that offensive? The illusion of power. The illusion of power, again. It's questioning social norms. A lot of it came, I do another podcast called Creating Maya, and it's about my friend Maya's transition from male to female. And as a, as a conservative Christian, as a conservative lifestyle Christian person, in 2012, I can't say that I was comfortable with that decision that she was making. But that's not that's not her problem. Right. That's not her her job to live her life the way that I want her to live. And right. so we have had over four years, five years, conversations and asking questions about every aspect of being trans long before it was acceptable, long before it was discussed like it was after Caitlyn Jenner. Um and really getting emotionally raw in her her bout where she was she was planning suicide at one point, uh, and it's a real raw episode that second episode of the second season, and uh, it's it's about her questioning the programming of society because she has lived her entire life being a mistake. Well, forget you. Why am I the mistake? Yeah. You people are wrong, not me. Right. You know, and so it's a very interesting look into uh and, and so she's challenged a lot of my thoughts and and um uh, you wouldn't be able to have 14 episodes of two people sitting down talking like human beings, like best friends about a person's transition. Yeah. On regular radio, on TV, on any major corporate media outlet. Uh, and it, it just advertisers wouldn't go for it, bosses and lawyers wouldn't go for it. But with podcasting, I'm able to sit down, and a few hundred people, a few thousand people at this point probably are able to sit and listen to a person's struggle with society and the expectations that society has for that person, and questioning all of that in a real emotional way, in a gripping story. Uh, and that's why I love podcasting. I love the freedom to to ha- the ability to do that, yeah. uh, and to make people think. And so many people have written Maya and I and said, you know, I didn't I didn't know about this Caitlyn Jenner thing, or I have a best friend who just came out trans, and I knew of the podcast, but I never listened. I now know how to treat that person with love and respect. Well, it brings I, humanity to a situation that people, if the, all exactly. they did was read. Right, you know, read magazines or 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 listen to mainstream TV, they wouldn't have felt the yeah. feelings that they would feel listening on that podcast. I'm going to plug another podcast yeah. of ours, the Cause. And, and we, tell them where to find that. We are libertarians.com. No, no, the the creating, creating Maya. You can yeah. find it in iTunes, Stitcher, Google okay. Play, but at we are libertarians.com is where you can find all our podcasts. Oh, but okay. Good. The Cost is a collection. Of, it's a series of podcasts that we've done on We Are Libertarians where. I'm trying to show you the actual cost of government policy. If you're a domestic violence victim, if you're a, a person with an epileptic child, if you're a person who runs us a, a vape shop, here's what government policy, government changes where it's done in Washington, D.C. or the state house. Here's how it's actually affecting people. Here's, here's a, a young woman who has a rare blood disease that goes to prison and dies because uh, of a political decision to privatize prison healthcare. These are two hour stories that are emotional and gut wrenching that you're not going to get on, on any major broadcast medium. And so the, the, I love the internet because it has given us the ability to see each other's humanity 
for the good and the bad. Because you have the ability to look into the mind of Maya Axton and see a human being as opposed to just a dirty trans person. Right. A person who is worthy of love, who is a very difficult personality, who is a very violent and angry person. But here's why. Yeah. Let's love you through that. Um, but you're also able to get on Twitter and you're able to see the Nazis tweeting horrible things at Saturday sure. Night Live comedians. And you're able to see the fire hose of humanity for all that it is, both good and bad. And... You know, we have such a strong desire as humans to try and control other people to our expectations. We want Doug Carr to post what we want. Yep. We don't want Doug Carr to post what Doug Carr wants. Right. And um, <clears throat> that's why Donald Trump is such a natural reaction to that mentality. That's how I said he's the middle finger. He is. To, to, <laughs> to all of it. Yeah, and he is—he's especially, I think, for white males. To be quite honest, he's a large exercising of catharsis, uh, and you know, and when when you shame men for being male, you get the alt right. Yeah, you know, instead of just saying masculinity is okay, feminism is okay, you know, it right. is okay to be trans. Instead of just being accepting, we try to force people into boxes. And uh, that's what you get. And so libertarianism for me is about letting people live their lives as they see fit and stop using the force of government to try and force others to live the life that you want them to live. Let people make their own choices. And so that's what we're all about. And, and it's, and it's uh, you know, obviously caught on and it's going to be not only the greatest podcast network of all time, but the most successful. That's fantastic. Love it. Well, and it's already successful. So, uh, you know, I want to go, uh, wearelibertarians.com. So look Chris up, uh, follow him on Facebook, Twitter, of course. Um, throw your best shot at him. He can take it. <laughs> I, be prepared, okay? Because not only am I brutal, my friends are even worse. Oh, that's fantastic. So it's like I, I'm, I'm not even Scott Farkas. Like the, I'm yeah. the kid behind with the, the overalls going, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like Greg is the one with the green eyes. <laughs> And then, and then look at your own content strategy and we are here too. You know, we're, you know, Harrison, Harris asked, uh, you asked that question because we've talked about it. We've talked about, should we be doing this at a certain time every single week? And, and so we, you know, we're, I think we're experts. We've got a great clientele and everything else, but we struggle with these questions as well. And I think this, this provides us some great insight into, you know, we have to find our irreverence or plan our flag in the ground or, you know, or what have you, and really start to think about how are we going to build not just a show, you know, but a, but, but really an engaged series that's going to pull people in and want them to go back and listen to the ones before and, and, and they can't wait for the next one. You don't even have to be offensive or irreverent like right. we are. You can just get on a podcast and admit, like, we don't necessarily know how to do the podcast the best way. Yeah. You know, we're experts and we're experts at this stuff, but we're still learning at this stuff. And your audience goes, oh, what a breath of fresh air. Well, I, Like, I'm tired of these marketing douches who go out here and just pretend that they know everything. Pointed at you when you're you doing that. everything wrong. Did you right. see how he pointed at you on that? It's because he's a big fan of the douche. <laughs> yeah. well, but, but see, I, I also know that, that he... We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think... And that's what I'm talking about, that authenticity. You don't... Yeah. Yes, you are experts, but we we don't 
pretend to know everything about politics or there's there's no nobody's events written or, the bible out there for perfect podcasting we're, we're living in the wild west right. right now of podcasting you know my friend uh ryan ripley does an agile podcast i would never have thought he was an expert in anything and all of a sudden he's become an expert because he's he's taken our model of collecting a group of people having a conversation about agile and saying let's learn this together as a community yeah and you build an audience. And oh, so, we got to have him on. Yeah, he's. I, I wish I could tell you the name of his podcast. I'd love to promote him, but uh, <laughs> but Ryan Ryan Ripley is a great guy. So I'm sure if you Google him, uh, fantastic. Well, uh, we will do this again. Thanks, Chris. Absolutely. Thanks so much. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.